and girls all around the world because <laughs> they be in our dms oh my goodness my god has it been amazing though in the dms it has been amazing keep sliding through i know i haven't been as quick as i should respond to emails and i'm so it's sorry. nothing personal but we are so appreciative yeah man so welcome to become she um where we are guaranteed to kiss you off with yourself man make you think help you grow this episode for sure And remember that Become She is a movement capturing the transcendental journey of the strong woman to the free woman, granting herself permission to actualize her highest self. So today's episode is entitled She and the Hangover. And what does that mean? My God. I'm not hungover, so what are we talking about? Or maybe I am. This is is interesting. It is. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. Um, She is a native of St. Petersburg, Florida. Shout out to Florida. Yes. Um, She is a clinical psychotherapist, licensed mental health counselor, and psychology professor. She attended the University of Central Florida in Orlando. UCF, go Knights. <laughs> Wait, that's the mascot. Yeah. <laughs> For her Bachelor of Arts in Psychology with a minor in Sociology, she obtained a Master of Arts in Mental Health Counseling from Argosy University and then obtained her PhD mm. in General Psychology from Capella University. My God. Um, she is known as Dr. East, a.k.a. the Sapphire Woman. Go Blue. Currently operating her private practice called Smile, which is solving and managing issues with love and enrichment, and is a psychology professor at St. At St. Petersburg College. Excuse me, Dr. East. <laughs> Along with healing minds and educating them, Dr. East promotes the strength of women in her many empowerment seminars and workshops. In her spare time, she enjoys volunteering, shopping, and spending time with family and friends. She is someone who definitely goes above and beyond to support her community. With laughter and love, she encourages others to find happiness one day at a time. And yes, we are talking about the Honorable Dr. Carlia East. my fake drum roll. And she has been a contributor with Become She with our Dear Become She segment. For snatching our edges out. Pretty much all this all this year? Has it been the whole year? Shame on you if you haven't been listening and tuning in. pointing her index fingers to everyone. Shame on y'all. Dr. East has been, she's been, she's been fucking it up on the Dear She yes. segment though. She's been getting my whole life. I don't even be knowing what to say after she answers a Dear She we letter. We usually don't. And usually I have a lot to say. We usually have uh. no words because our edges are gone. We're applying castor oil um, thereafter. From Jamaica. <laughs> Jamaican black castor oil to be exact. From the tree, my God. <laughs> so... <laughs> So this book um, is called The Hangover, Overcoming Emotional Addiction, Mm. um, which she gives 12 steps for emotional sobriety, which I think is amazing that she correlates the NA or the AA 12 steps. And she gives us literally 12 steps for emotional sobriety. Never, ever saw the parallels between that. And this book packs a punch. And we, um, I'm actually going to call her while we get going. But we we read the book, (sighs) start to finish. Nicolia has highlights and sticky notes all over the damn place. It's real. 
like she's back in college. Mm-hmm. So we're calling Dr. <laughs> East. <laughs> I was an English lit major, so you know. She told us Notes to call in the margins. Hold on. This is Dr. East. Dr. East. <laughs> Hi, <What> honey. Is- <laughs> and that's exactly how she talks in her book. <laughs> Real and how rugged. We are so good. good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited, honey. I've been crossed by this um, phone call all day. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we haven't heard your voice in so long. We miss you. I know. I, miss I know. And you. I am so sorry, but you guys know I've been dealing with some, you know, some family things. Of course. Yes. Yes. My schedule gets kind of crazy, but I am. Uh, blessed and we are improving and doing well and so i would that's what's not um you know be here having you know had been for you know the man upstairs so that's right yep we had I'm you lifted it and staying positive yes for ma'am sure. we've been praying for you yes we talking were. about you and thinking about you on and off air sending balls of light to you and your family thank yep. you yep you know sometimes sometimes you you have to um you know you have to disconnect and, you know, I, I remember one of the things I posted a few weeks ago is, you know, sometimes in life you have to go to recess in order to reset. And here we go. Dropping gems. You don't start. And, uh, you know, that's what I had to do. I had yeah. to realize that in order for me to provide hope for other people, in order for me to inspire them, I had to make sure that my hope and my inspiration tanks were full. Um, you know, and when you're dealing with family issues and illnesses, sometimes your tank and your reservoir tank becomes very shallow. And yeah. so I needed to just kind of take a break, mm-hmm. restore me, mm-hmm. you know, get me to a healthier space to where the energy that I was giving was an authentic one that mm-hmm. I want wow. to give and not something, you know, out of a textbook. And mm-hmm. so um, that's what I did. And I recommend every, you know, for every person that's listening, take time for yourself. Do not. Do not hesitate. There is no weakness in taking a break to restore your energy and to restore your faith and to restore your passion because that's what drives us every day. Now that's so. You know what? You actually talk about that in your book. Yeah. So let me let me <laughs> let me tell you something about Jessica real quick. So I love to take a good bubble bath. Okay. I get so serious with my bubble bath. There's essential oils, there's bath bombs, there's roses, all type of witchy shit. And I be in the bath soaking, right? And I haven't been able to take one of my witchy baths in like a couple weeks. I've been so busy. And then I read, Mm. I don't remember what chapter it was, Mm. but you like, when was the last time you took a bubble bath? I forgot what chapter it was. And I was like, Dr. East! I was like, why is she talking to me? Did she? Mm. Really? So I took a bubble bath last night in your honor. Thank you for that. Come on. I did. You are so is that what I felt? Is that the tingling sensation that I felt last night? Well, we Okay. <laughs> but it's the truth. When do you know one of the one of the things that, you know, in my book The Hangover that I talk about so much is the fact that society has basically convinced us, you know, and it's indoctrinated. Um, through our DNA and through, you know, historical context of what a woman's role, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that does not include self-care. Mm-hmm. You know, even individuals that preach self-care don't be self-caring. Yeah. You know what I mean? For right. themselves. Right. And so oftentimes we feel guilty when we do pause, when we do take a time out, 
when we do decide, you know, when we don't have energy to do something and we really want to just stay home and rejuvenate, we push ourselves through and we do a half-assed job. Wow. And so it's important that we reinvest in self, you know, so take those bubble baths. Get five minutes of peace. That means if your kid is, is hollering and screaming, mm-hmm. let them holler and scream because they cry and they ain't dying. <laughs> right. Right. These are they're audible. You can hear audibles. These are still alive. These are facts. And put them in a room and you go take a five minute walk. Hell, take your wine glass with you. Yeah. Take a walk. So, Women need to learn how to take breaks. We need to learn how to restore ourselves. We need to learn how to shut our brains off wow. for just a few minutes so that we can reboot. I understand mm. all the multitasking that we do every single day. I get all the hats um, that a woman wears every single day. But sometimes we take all them hats off, yeah. Yeah. all them clipboards down, yep. and just be a woman. Wow. Yep. What this is a question that I have personally, and I'm pretty sure some listeners who are tuned in because we've referred to this book several times before today's episode. It's been all over my Instagram. They know about this book. Yeah, they know. They know. They know. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, what was your reason? What was your why for writing this? This book packs a punch. It's not a Mm -hmm. hard read. It's a very fast read, but the concepts are so heavy. Yeah, you have to sit with these concepts. What was your why for writing okay. this? Okay, so it really is, it's, it's, it's really simple, it's not even deep. It's real simple. I got tired of hearing women asking me the same damn question. <laughs> and that's the truth. <laughs> you know, I, I am in private practice, right? right? You know, I'm an owner and operator of Smile Counseling yes. Services. And so, you know, I tend to get a lot of females that, that come and see me. And because I'm also an um, advocate of LGBT, mm-hmm. I'd also get, you know, a lot of fam that would come and see me. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that they would often talk about is, you know, Doc, why can't I get over this person? Or Doc, I literally thought I was done with her or him. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. living my life, living it like it's golden. <laughs> and then I saw this sap sucker the other day and he had nerve, but she had to have a smile on their face and now I'm on the floor in a fetal position. Like that's literally <laughs> wow. the types of things that the woman would talk to me and why do I keep rebounding to the same person? And it mm. literally was just a consistent message. And you know, messages come to you in different forms. Mm-hmm. And for me, it might not have been God coming to me in the dream and saying, my child, thou shalt write the book. <laughs> but what he did was give me, you know, steady steady um, validation that this is an area that women are lacking in. Like, they are mm. looking for these answers, and they're finding it yeah. in between their legs, which is the wrong place. Yeah. Yep. And so I started reflecting on my own life and recognizing some of the shenanigans that I was in, you know, um, and the relationships that I was in. I'm like, damn, you know, this, this you know, that, that dick was like a drug. Gotcha. Gotcha. Speaking of dick being like drugs, like, okay. um, there we go. Speaking of dick yeah. being and like drugs. And then doing research on the subject. And if you do a lot of research on emotional addiction, you're not going to find a whole lot. They, they tend to either mm-hmm. talk about love addiction, wow. you know, being in love with a partner, or either they talk about sex addiction. But they don't talk about emotional addiction because emotional addiction is not just about you being addicted to your mate or your partner, mm-hmm. it's also about you being addicted to a destructive homegirl or guy wow. friend or, 
you know, a job that don't do you right. Yeah. Those are all addictions. Mm-hmm. And I had never thought about it in that sense before reading this book. Um, mm-hmm. What did you say? Sensual therapy? Hold on. Yeah. The senses. You talked about the oh, senses yes, and yes. you talked about dick. It's, oh, yeah. Ugh. Oh, because you had said in the book one. Oh, hold on. I wrote it down. Hold on. She said <laughs> orgasms are powerful but misleading. Wow. Boom. I was, I was like, wait a minute, Dr. Eve. Wait a minute. I felt like the whole time I was reading the book, like, I felt like I was talking with a girlfriend over, like, some tea or, or right. like, some right. cookies. Like, like it was such a good but read. It was. I was like, it no, is. she didn't. She said, that, does, that shit don't work. You think you're going to throw those things away and it, and it goes away? She said, that shit doesn't work. And she wrote that. <laughs> that was in the book. Like, I'm not even, I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. That's in the book. Like, I was yeah. like, word damn. for word. I'm screenshotting, sending it to friends. Like, did y'all, did y'all read this Head part? on your Insta, your Insta story. Sure. Yeah, man. So one- and I wanted to make sure that my voice came through because yes. my thing is, like, y'all know how we chop it up. That's just who I am. There's, yes. there's no other way to be. And in writing this book, I wanted my voice to come through. Exactly what you said. Just really, I just felt really humbled by that because that's exactly what I wanted to happen. I wanted any woman from next door who knows me, who doesn't even know who I am right. in another country to read that book and be like, that's my girl. You know, like I'm right. sitting here sipping tea and chopping it up with my best friend or with my sister, you know, or whatever. And I feel like they're speaking directly to me and I feel like I'm not being judged or that yeah. I need to get a thesaurus to decipher the right. that's in the book. You know, it's one of those books that I wanted ladies um, to be able to pick up and put in a purse yes, and yes. take with them, yep. you know, when they go somewhere for them to take notes on their journey. And I wanted it to be personable because this shit is personal. Yeah. I appreciated the tone. Yeah. yeah. I appreciated the tone in which you wrote the book because you don't have this clinical jargon like you yes, mentioned yes. because it's going being in therapy sitting in a therapist's office you often it puts a wedge between yeah. you and the 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 therapist mm-hmm. when you're hearing these right. like words and phrases it makes you feel like a patient and right. a subject and it does bring about a level of am I being judged right now like but yeah. having this tone very you know, like my homegirl, this is my yeah, girl writing. I was about like, stop the like shit. You said something about my, stopping. You yeah. need to stop that shit and don't do it again. I'm like, girl, because it was me, and you're calling me out. You're calling me higher, rather. Straight so up that girlfriend. that tone right. was good. It makes your voice credible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it also makes it readable because when yes. we're going through these situations, we don't want to hear, <laughs> you know, why therapists think this and mm-hmm. how for 20 years we did this mm-hmm. i want it straight i want mm-hmm. it real mm-hmm. i want someone to tell me like this is how it needs mm-hmm. to happen and mm-hmm. not sugarcoat shit and mm-hmm. i felt like that's exactly what how you did it was written mm-hmm. like each page every chapter yeah. my god and you know i don't i don't have time to pour the sugar over shit that takes too much effort mm. just think it's think it is what it is my god and <laughs> My goal is <laughs> my goal is to get to the root of the situation. You know, when I have clients that come and see me or when I have women that I coach, you know, um, you know, from long distance coaching over the phone or what have you, when I do that, it's about me giving them every bit of the money they spend, yes. every bit of the time that they're spending. Mm. It's not about me saying, Well, how does that make you feel? Right. And, you know, just yeah. complete this exercise. Ain't nobody got time for that. I need some answers now, baby. Yeah. I've been struggling 
giving out my damn cookies. My God. Cookies. Y'all have empty, Woo. you know, and I need this some answers now. And what I don't need for you to do is ask me how I'm feeling or ask me what I should do. Because if I knew what I should do, I would be asking you. My God. Uh-huh. That's the point. And, and scrounging up the money for my copay. <laughs> yeah. Right, and immediately get answers and immediately know that that the tone that I give is one of love, but it's it one of check your shit. It is. You know Be I mean? accountable. Like, check yourself. Yes. I love you, boo, but check it. <laughs> <laughs> you know Woo! what? Another thing I want to thank you for this book <laughs> is <laughs> your honesty. You're clowning, Nicolia. Nicolia's clowning. Because I love Dr. I just don't know. When I see her, I'm going to kiss her face. Hey, girl. <laughs> We're going to meet. One of the things that I appreciate in the book was also your honesty and your ability to share your own personal story mm. to relate it back to yes. something that was real. Because you had said some point in the book, like, I could talk about it because I've been through it. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people say that, but actually don't say what, what the fuck they've been through. And so at one point, girl, I don't, um, you had mentioned how I told, was telling Nicolia this earlier when we were getting on the bus, how you were like in your thirties, you got your degrees and you're making your own money and your family's like telling you who you should date, yeah. how much money he should have. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, damn. That was literally me. And then thinking about how you you setting your your boundaries um, versus your compromises, right? And I feel like that's a lot of things. Women don't make that clear. For a while, I didn't make that clear. What exactly were my cutoffs and what I'm willing to work with? And um, I don't. I just appreciated that. How like, important? And that's my question to you, Doctor East. How important? Because you mentioned core value systems and beliefs on page seventy and seventy one. <laughs> how important? And how? <laughs> it's real. How important do you okay. think not being aware of having a core value? Because like some of us are literally walking around not knowing that we should have a core value system and beliefs to even draw a boundary, to yeah. even acknowledge a red flag. Because right. we don't have nothing to check think, check it against. Okay, so this is the thing. Um, we all have a moral compass. And mm-hmm. everyone has core values, but many of our values are scripted. Mm-hmm. So Explain. we're following the script that we've been taught to follow. Okay. So which means mm-hmm. those values aren't really organically ours. Their values mm. that we adopted from other people. You know what I mean? Whether it be mm. from our parents, from mm. our friends, from society, you know, wherever we get these values from, having core values is really you stripping all of the bullshit away, all of the rhetoric, and you focusing on what is it that I like? Yeah. Like what I want. Yeah. You know, and matter of fact, what do I have to be wanting this? Because that's the other problem. Mm-hmm. See, you want something, but you don't possess none of that shit. But you want somebody else to come in and, and you know, yeah. they, all, they all gleam in it. You want them to dust you off and put you on the shelf. No, boo, that's not how that works. You got to have your own glimmer and your own shine. Ooh. And in order for that to happen, no. having those core values is essential. That means Ouch. having a moral compass or standards that you do not compromise because they are a part of your integrity. They are wow. a part of your strength as a woman. You know, and those are things that you hold very very true. I know women that take care of their shoes and their outfits better than they do their morals. Woo! <laughs> did you? Now, did you hear the silent member become she, <laughs> a.k.a. Dominic Kelly, who had his spotlight last episode, <laughs> chime in with the woo with Jessica? We 
simultaneously. Girl, that was deep. That hit my gut some kind of my way. Shoulder, honey. My God. My yeah, God. Yeah, it's, it's the truth, though. And that's because my. we got and our values all, all screwed up because we are so, unfortunately, we live in a society where we're so focused on outside validation and external validation mm. that we don't even pay attention to do the internal work. You know, um, a woman will rather put on a pretty dress and makeup and all those things and go out into the world and do a presentation of what she wants, how she wants to be seen instead of organically being that woman. And that means that you have to look yourself in the mirror Mm -hmm. with all the MAC and all the Maybelline and everything else off your face, Mm -hmm. you know, and strip naked and really get to the core of who you are as a woman. And then once you do that, this is the key. Don't dismiss the fact that you got jacked up tendencies. Every person has that. That's Mm -hmm. not a problem. The problem is when you recognize you have those issues or those tendencies or those challenges, Mm -hmm. but then you don't do anything to overcome them or to to fix them or to create, um, you know, some other system that's going to be healthy for you. You you stay stuck on stupid. And then you wonder why you keep cycling in the same bullshit in your relationships and in your life. I have a question for you, mm. Dr. East. I, and I, I promise you, yes, I just thought of it. Can you, no, this is real talk. Can you, I guess, fine tune and set your boundaries and your compromises while you are already in a relationship? Because someone can pick up this book who's in a committed relationship right now and be like, oh, I haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. Can I still do that? Or is it just too late? And then you could you... Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go so on. the answer is yes. Um, is it a little bit more challenging to do that? Yes, because you are constantly being, what's the word, like distracted. You know, you're constantly being yeah. kind of teased by that same old behavior. It's kind of like um, if I take you out of an unhealthy situation and remove you from that and bring you into this this wonderful healthy space and mm-hmm. teach you all these things but then I go and put you right back into that unhealthy situation. Yeah. You know, you might claw or you might be braver than I don't know what initially mm-hmm. but eventually you do break down. And so for those women that are in relationships, yes, this book is also helpful because it teaches you to recognize things in yourself. Um, that you maybe wouldn't be able to see, but you, I would recommend getting a home girl who can help keep you honest, accountable. You know, yeah. who can help keep you. Yeah, right. To to have that accountability because sometimes when we try to make these changes on our own, mm-hmm. there's all these influences, and we get weak, and then we get a little kiss on the neck, and then you know, it's a yeah, laugh. back in and the circle, the loop. Yep. Yeah, you know, and so it's so important <laughs> to recognize um, that you that you need a partner. And this is the other part that's really just like really important is when you are revealing these things about yourself, shit come out that you ain't know was there. My God, tell it, Doctor E. You know, self discovery is not just about you, you know, refurbishing ready. the old. You know what I mean? It's My not goodness. just about you shining up something that was a little dull. Ooh. Sometimes. You know, it's some moths that fly out <laughs> that you didn't know were there. That's good, that's um, good. And then you Very have to be prepared good. to tackle those two. And so for for if that situation does occur, first of all, be honest with your mate. Mm. Be honest with your mate that you're going through a transformation, that you're mm-hmm. going through some healing, mm-hmm. yeah. that, you know, there's been some things that have been awakened in you that you weren't 
aware of. Share that. Allow that mate mm-hmm. to support you mm-hmm. in this process if they worth any damn thing. Right. They it gives them the opportunity to show process. up. I think that you What's saying that. I said, okay. and give them the opportunity to show up if yeah. they can. Exactly. The right. fact that you're saying that is like hitting so many things within me because I didn't really start getting into my work of self-discovery until after being married. So that question mm-hmm. you asked was a very good one, Jessica. And thank you for responding to that, Dr. East, in the way that you did. It is more challenging because you are pulled in so many different directions when you have um, a marriage mm-hmm. and then you have children. But it can be done, but you have to be committed. And like you said, you have to keep people accountable and you have to disclose So I did want to read a quick passage um, that kind of speaks to that because I can attest to being a woman who didn't do all of this that you outlined in your book as a single woman. I was trying to find relationships to, first of all, flesh out my identity because I had abandonment issues. I I felt like an orphan. Like I had all these issues. So I was trying to latch onto relationships as a way to bolster my identity to, you know, create an identity for myself. But I do want to read a passage because it does speak to, we talked about revealing yourself and even revealing yourself to yourself with the self-discovery aspect. On page 66 and 67, for those of you who have the book or will get the book and listen to this episode, um, it's entitled The Cover-Up. Are you okay? Not really. But are you ready to reveal your true condition? Most women aren't. Earlier, we discussed how we want others to think that we are perfectly happy. Everything is normal. Our past relationship may have broken us, but we don't want the world to know that. Many women are afraid that their authenticity will be judged. So instead of embracing their current place, they cover it up with makeup, jewelry, expensive cars, and more. They refuse to reveal their withdrawal symptoms to the world. No, we can't show that we're missing our ex. Mm -hmm. Everything must seem normal. We're good. Our communication with people in our circle never addresses the past relationship or our current emotional health. We talk about jobs, TV, or current events, but are not willing to dive deep into relationship talk. Instead of connecting, we deflect. In our minds, we will be judged if we tell the truth. We've been raised to believe that it is our job to maintain the relationship. We Mm. were told that women are the ones that keep the home happy. We are responsible for the sexiness in our relationships. What will our friends think if we talk about how broken our relationship is? The biggest fear is that our inner circle will find out that we have flaws. I'm going to continue reading because this was the part that really, really stuck with me on page 67. The reality is that our inner circles are supposed to be our crew. They are people we can be real around. Mm -hmm. These are individuals that we can trust. We should be able to be most vulnerable around them. However, because of the pressures that we put on ourselves to be strong, independent, and not needy, we feel the need to put up facades around them instead of allowing ourselves to heal in our safe place around the people we're supposed to be able to trust We cover up our scars and pretend that everything is fine. Unfortunately, when we get home, we park our cars, take off the makeup, Mm -hmm. unzip the costume, Mm -hmm. and are stuck with ourselves in our own spaces. This actually goes back to what she said towards the beginning of the book about competition. Women being competition. When you have mistrust, envy, and jealousy towards other women, it will affect you emotionally. So all of that ties back Mm. to what you just read. Ooh, yeah, like, I, I, you know, <clears throat> when you're younger, you're in, 
you know, high school, uh, you know, middle school, high school, and even in, in college, you have superficial friendships. Mm. You know, that's what I call them because, they're, they're, you know, they click chicks. That's all they are, yeah. click chicks. They, they, they click with whoever chick they hanging with that day. You know, you got the chick that go out to the club with you. You got the chick who go put on the cat suit and do some dangerous <laughs> shit with you. You got the chick, you know, that's going to hold your hair when you hung over. There's all these different chick clicks. But, hey, y'all laughing because y'all done been hung over. But, <laughs> a, true, a true person that's a part of your squad, like, yeah. a part of your core, because your squad is a part of your core. You know what I mean? Those individuals, you should never feel like you need to cover up anything about yourself. Because ultimately, there should be a level of trust and unconditional love and respect that Mm. even if they don't agree with your behaviors or agree or understand why you're doing the things that you're Mm -hmm. doing or responding the way you're responding, they feel like, look, sis, I got you. Like, I don't know how we going to do it, but we going to figure this shit out. Like, that's what a squad is supposed to do but I think oftentimes we feel the need to present as these strong women and we buy into the stereotype of what a quote-unquote strong woman is that we forget that the strongest sign of a, of a woman is her having confidence and that confidence is to be authentic and to allow themselves to be vulnerable vulnerability is sexy as hell yeah yeah. It's, 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 it's not a negative. It yeah. shows that you have connections with how you feel and that you're open to connect with another person. And yes. what we do find is that when we finally step outside of our own ego trip and when we finally start recognizing that we actually do uh, need or, you know, or require support from another person and we let that girlfriend in, what does she do? She let you in, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. y'all had the best conversation you ever had in your mm-hmm. whole life. Mm-hmm. You learned yep. stuff that you never knew, that she never shared, that you never shared, yep. because both of you didn't want to come across as weak, or yep. both of you yep. didn't want to put your issues on one another. Mm-hmm. That's Ooh. what the hell a girlfriend's for. I wish I could clap right wow. now, but I'm holding the phone. But I wish that... Can you give a hand clap for me, Nicolia? <laughs> Thank Ooh. you, because... <laughs> That is so real. <laughs> it is. That's how we met, Jessica. That is exactly how Telling we met. Telling too much, actually. doing too much, and finding that we really had a lot of parallels. It's crazy. Yep. And feeling like that we weren't fucking alone. That's the biggest Amazing. thing. Amazing. When you find out that you're not alone in this shit. Yeah. Oh, you went through this too? Mm-hmm. It's not just me. How did you get through? Still going through, girl. Don't ask me too much now. <laughs> I'm not sure. Still getting through it. I got my, my stuff yeah, on the altar still to, now. You know. But in that same in that same token, though, we 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 got to, you know, we got to weed out them trolls too, cause yes. they out there. You know, mm-hmm. you need to realize that you got that that friend, that quote unquote friend, that's only available when you're going through hard times and never there when your shit is golden. That's a problem. If you have that friend that you call mm-hmm. to vent about your issues and the conversation tends to always mm-hmm. turn into being about her. That ain't your damn friend. Hello. If you got a friend that every time you want to make moves in your life, mm. she gives you like the goal, like she didn't just throw a little petty shaded tree in there. My Let God. that bitch go. That ain't your friend. Wow. I'm, I'm, I can't handle it right now because that's so, listen, everybody <laughs> is not your friend. And it's hard no. because you, because you could be friends with someone for years and years and years and years and years. Right. 
And then you move on yeah. different wavelengths. And then you are no longer friends. That doesn't mean you don't love the person. You don't have respect for the person. But they can no longer offer you what you need. And you can no longer offer them what you, what they need. That's not a friend no more. That's right. And that's why I like this book so much. It's so layered because it's just not about romantic relationship, emotional Mm -hmm. addiction. It's about emotional addiction throughout all any type of relationship you may in business relationships, any type of relationship. Yeah. um, You can carry and transfer these. Yeah. Emotional addiction with girlfriends. You know, you get that one girl, and y'all just clicking on. You know, y'all ride or die, that y'all everywhere together, doing things together, and then all of a sudden something changes in your friendship. Something shifts, yeah. and now it's like the same, same expectations that you thought were just automatically, you know, known are now a mystery. Yeah, you know, and lots of times we stay connected to those people because we're like, but man, she was there for me when I was like this. Or, you know, she took care of me, you know, when my mom was sick or whatever the situation yeah. is. And we feel like we owe them, you know, that attribution. You know, we owe them to stay there and support them. Let me tell you something. A friend who does something for you and helps you through a hard time with your friend, that's what the hell she's supposed to do. Right. As a friend. That's her job yeah. as a friend. Right. That's her job. Right. Right. Her job is to be there and hold you up when you are weak. Her job is to support you when your family is sick or when you lose your job, you know, give you that moral support. But say, come on, girl, let's dust this resume out. Let's get together. You don't owe her a damn thing. That's your friendship. It's so funny you say that because that segue is kind of into another part of your book where you talk about, um, you know, the predator as rescuer. And I mean, it isn't a direct correlation, but... It can be seen, because I'm just going to read a passage because I have it marked in my book. Um, on page <laughs> on page 74, you talk about um, how potential mates, and that could be friendship mates, you know, romantic partner mates. But you say potential mates can sense the insecurities in one woman just as easily mm. as they can pick up on the strength projected by another. If that potential mate is a predator, they're going for the woman that has the weakest vibe. Why? It's less work, and all the potential maid has to do is sweep in and play the rescuer. They think, I'm going to come in and pretend to save the day. If I'm able to save the day, rescue you, fix or put a quick fix on whatever emotional need that you're having, then you'll think I'm the bomb. Going a step further, the predator thinks about his or her prey. Now you're indebted to me without recognizing you're indebted to me. And I just think that that is funny how it, that correlates because it doesn't necessarily have to be an insecurity. Yeah. You could have a fucking vulnerable moment in life, yo. Yeah. Somebody peep that shit coming as I'm going to save the day. I'm going to be the best girlfriend. Do yep. this, do that. That's my access point to have her emotionally on lock. Mm-hmm. Emotionally right. locked. Indebted. And so I think mm-hmm. that's interesting that you mention you mentioned that. That you don't owe anyone anything. <laughs> Right. You know, and this is the thing is, um, I think when, especially when we're talking about things like grief, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's when we're at our most vulnerable because we're Mm. completely stressed out. You know, our emotions are taxed. Sometimes our finances are taxed. Our, you know, we're not getting any sleep, whatever. And we, at that point, just hold me. Something back. Just, you know, just hold me. (laughs) And so you may find that you're that you're dating someone or, you know, you're kicking it with someone and then they're there and they're holding you and now you feel this sense of security, Mm -hmm. you feel this sense of safety, 
comfort, support, and you begin to give them more than what they've actually earned. See? Or hold them to a level that they haven't even reached yet. And then you feel like, this person was here for me. Now I'm going to be here for them, you know, whenever they go through a hard time. And sometimes it's not a healthy exchange. Wow. You know, it's, it's definitely not a healthy exchange. And a woman... Every every person has a smell, has a scent, which is why we don't all wear the same damn perfumes because what smell good on me smell like yeah. shit on you. Like, it just is the truth. Yeah. And so we all have a, scent, a, a different smell, you know, the way the oil produces in our skin and the way we our sweat mm-hmm. even smells differently. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when we have a mental set that is insecure, that is weak, that is wavering, that is what comes out in our pores, mm. you know, and that wow. is what a predator will smell. Sniff. I remember mm. I was at the club. I was like probably 20, 20 like two, 23 at the club. I'm a little hooker dress. I was cute. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm at the club and honestly, I was there because I was like trying to stay at home by myself. I was, you know, wanted to go out, but I also wasn't in a healthy space. I was in that space where, you know, I was young and dumb and wanting relationships and looking for somebody and, you know, sex was a gratification for me at that time, Mm -hmm. just to be straight Mm -hmm. up honest. And so that's the mindset I had. So I didn't have to tell him, yeah, I'm about that life. He knew. He knew, yeah. Because he could sense it. Yeah. He could smell it on me. Mm -hmm. So I fast forward. Get my life together, do my self-care, build myself up, do what I need to do for me. I remember going to the club probably maybe five years after that. So I had to be like maybe 27, 28. And this girl and I had on almost similar dresses. So I'm going to use this example. So we mm-hmm. had similar dresses. Of course, I rocked it harder. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and, Patty! And what the interesting was... <laughs> I love it. On that. I love it's it. It's self-esteem. Hello. Um, <laughs> what was interesting was that the guys... The same guy that I could now read, that I couldn't read before. Catch me now. I couldn't read them before. Mm. But I can read them a mile away now. Mm. That guy looked at me and was like, hell no. Mm. He knew. Mm-hmm. He knew. Knew. Not that one. Yeah. He knew. And then he went to the next one. And so I tell, you know, I say that to say this to, to the ladies, first of all. If you don't get as many calls as you used to. Matter of fact, you're not. You're not going to get as many phone calls as you used to. The same chick used to call you be like, baby girl, what you doing? Them hoes ain't going to call you. The same dudes that used to call you want to hook up with you, they're not going to call you because they know you are not about that bullshit life anymore. They know that you are about self-preservation and you are about honor and you are about respect. And you're no longer going to accept less than or below average behavior. And so when we start making that known, there's an energy and a vibe that Mm -hmm. just kind of flows overflows in us and people can smell it and the point is you don't want to get no call no call you don't Mm -hmm. want people to call you and bother you and agitate you when they're not serious Mm -hmm. when they don't know what direction they're in when they're not even on they don't even know what a path is they walking on cobblestones they don't even have a path you don't want those people calling you don't ring my phone let my phone be silent let you. me be Helen Keller up in here. If that means I don't have to be bothered. Did she take it back to Helen Keller? That's a throwback. <laughs> Woo. Damn. 
Well, but it's the truth. It is. And very much so. Once we recognize that we're no longer needy, mm. you know what I mean? Once we yeah. recognize we're no longer needy, then guess what? Being yeah. by yourself Ain't feels so bad. fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like being by your, like having quiet time mm-hmm. and like, you know, having time to take your bubble bath or to write poetry or to do art or sketch yep. or, you know, anything that you just having time to go on a bike ride or yeah. just sit still. And, you know, do the hookah, just having time to yourself becomes a wonderful thing because it's your time and you like being with you. And on that note, um, I am going to actually end on a quote that was a become she moment for me. Yeah. 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 I'm already with you. Um, I'm already with you. And you kind of gave gave (laughs) the segue. What is it? It's page 78 for you following along with your books in hand. It says, honestly, if you're looking to spend your life with someone, there should only be a few that get that opportunity. Amen. And I closed the book when I read that. And that is, yes. Let the church say amen. When you have effectively overcome emotional addiction, you are unbothered. Yes. You are not bothered. I'm going to read that again for the people that were late getting their books and have grabbed their books just now. On page 78 <laughs> on Amazon, <laughs> Dr. Carlia E. says, Honestly, if you're looking to spend your life with someone, there should only be a few that get that opportunity. Catch that. So, Dr. East, where can where can the audience find your book? Yes, we have it on our page. It's linked all over the place. It's on my Insta story every damn day. But when they want to buy the book, where can they get your book? So, the places that the book is available, of course, you can go to Amazon, absolutely. Um, but you can also go to my website, thesapphirewoman.com, and you can purchase the book there. When you purchase it through my site, I am able to inscribe it. So I send you, you know, a personal message um, and you're able to get it that way. So those are the two ways. If you want coaching services, if you live in a different state, I live in the state of Florida. So if you're in a different state and you want coaching services, then you can definitely reach out to me for that. At um, My uh, email is info at the Sapphire Woman, as well as, you know, me coming and doing speaking and, and presentations and all those types of things. Uh, and just to be clear, and you ladies know this, the way that I speak here is the way I speak everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I bring it to the table so that people can get fed. I don't, I don't do appetizers. Wow. You know, I do meals. Yeah. I don't, I don't have time. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I do meals. I want to give with sustenance something to fill them you know we we know what we can do to fill ourselves spiritually we got that down it's in our dna but we need to learn how to fill ourselves emotionally and mentally and that there's no shame in that you know there's 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 nothing wrong with you recognizing that you know what i need a little bit of strength from maybe an earthly source you know, to, yeah. to combine that with my spiritual source so I can be just, you know, 360 great. Yes, Those are the yes. types of things that I try to, you know, empower our women. Women are resilient. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, are we are beyond beautiful. We are the most inventive and creative group, you know, of, yes, of species on this planet. Not to mention the fact that our intellect and our savvy you know, goes far beyond what we could ever imagine. But we block mm. ourselves by allowing others to block us. Mm. And so it's 
my job to empower every woman to recognize that she is a sapphire woman. You are strong. You are dynamic. And, you know, ultimately reclaiming your power, embracing your truth, and designing your destiny. That's what it's about. No matter what your socioeconomic status is, what your degree attainment, what your nationality, yes. your, your, your sexual preference. Yes. I don't give a damn about that stuff. This is about you being an amazing yes. woman and recognizing the greatness and the gift and then not allowing anybody, blood or not, yes. Yes. to disrespect your words and disrespect your power. My God. Oh, you heard it here. So cop your book from the sapphirewoman.com so you can get your personalized message from Dr. East also directly. On our website on become she. Yes, we'll we have, have it linked for, for it you. Yep. Make sure you grab this. This is definitely the manual. This is a summer to, read. Yes, to protect your, your emotional read. gateways and yes. emotional checkpoints. Get this ready is not for a fall. joke. Get ready for the fall and winter because they're coming. <laughs> so grab your books. <laughs> Post my review tonight, Dr. East. Same, Not a joke. Yeah. Same as soon as I get home. <laughs> same. Wink, wink. All right, Dr. Thank East. You thank so you much. so much for joining, as always. You're welcome. I love y'all today. We, we love, love you. you too. Being fabulous, honey. <laughs> we love you. Bye, Dr. East. Bye. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The Hangover, Overcoming Emotional Addiction, 12 Steps for Emotional Sobriety. So tune in um, to our next episode. Um, today is what, June 27th that this comes out? Yes. So our next episode, I believe, is She is Essence, um, which airs July 11th, um, where, you know what, I'm not even going to talk about what we talk about, because you can go on the website, becomefree.com. <laughs> so this is Nicolia and Jess <laughs> signing out. Become, become she, become free. Thanks, Dr. E.